Was I would, a dream? That, that was another place I would time travel to. I'd be like, I'm going to go and I'm just going to stand in front of that wall. I'm going to read every single one of those books, one right after the other. Oh, I would love to see you do that. So Let's I'm going to go straight, straight, straight from the 70s porno peep show to the Penguin to Bookstore. Because this is the dichotomy of who Julia I would is. say you just describe your life. That's basically, <laughs> I, if I could describe you in a nutshell, it would be, that would be it. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final final girl. Hey everybody. So uh, we have a promotion from Arrow that we're really excited to share with you all. Arrow has a streaming service. They also do Blu-rays in the UK and the US with really, really cool cult and horror titles. So you can get 50% off your first three months on Arrow with the code HMSG Arrow, all one word. If you sign up today, you can get a full 30-day free trial and then your first three months after that will be half price. So this offer is valid to brand new subscribers and can be only redeemed online at arrow-player.com terms and conditions apply. We're super, super excited to be uh, having this promotion with Arrow because they have really cool films on their site and we hope that this will help you find them out. Alrighty. Thanks guys. Hey guys, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry and this is Julia. And this week we are talking about 1972's Deathline, AKA Raw Meat. The title of this episode is Mind the Doors. Mind get, the doors. We'll get to that later. Uh, the, ta- the tagline for this movie, are you ready for this one? It's a long one. Yeah. Beneath modern London, buried alive in its plague-ridden tunnels, lives a tribe of once humans. Neither men nor women, they are less than animals. They are the raw meat of the human race. Pretty good. <laughs> I Too mean, much it's information. Long, it is a little spoilery, but <laughs> it's a good tagline. Uh, I'm so glad the- I didn't read that tagline before I watched it. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, and yeah. I'm very glad. Yeah, you're in for a little bit of surprise. So yeah, don't don't spoil your own movie with the tagline. It's a horror movie survival guide tip. This movie was written by Carrie Jones and Car- Gary Sherman, who also directed the movie. Uh, who also directed Lisa? Do you remember Lisa? The one with Stacey Keenan, where it's like, she's a young girl and she's flirting with a guy on the phone, but then actually he might be a killer. No, don't remember it. I got nothing. I'm so okay. sorry. Did we watch it? <laughs> no, no, we've never seen it. But I guess I just, it, it was, I remember it because when I was a little girl, like it was one of the ones I was like, oh, it's like kind of like a, a very exciting kind of movie. And like, I really wanted to see it, but I couldn't see it because I was too young to see it. And it's, it's really, it's like a very innocuous It was movie. definitely not targeted towards me and it was probably not on my radar. That sounds like it was titillating for a young Julia to see yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this movie, you get you get me. Uh, this is in the opening when you open in a, a London seventies porno sleaze tastic groovy theme music, and I was like, "Well, yes, please sign me up. Here I am." 
This is a long intro, just like in that peep show, hanging out over the credits and like all the stuff at the very beginning. It is a long time hanging out in that peep show area. Man, if I was if I could time travel, that would be like on my list of places. That's your spot. Yeah. Groovy 70s, disgusting, sleazy London. Yes, please. I'm on board. I might be a little bit strange. This is why we're friends. I know. Yes. So Russell Square Underground Station is going to get quite a lot of play in this movie. So if you're if you're in London, you can go check it out and feel like and, and revisit the scenes of this film. So the scenes we, of the crimes. Yes. yes. The scenes of the crimes. It's always exciting. I mean, you can go. There's must be. Has anybody I'm sure someone has put together a like horror themed underground movie tour of like all the movies that these because there's so many movies that are set in the London Underground. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be there's got to be like a super cut somewhere like on YouTube. Somebody's done too of like this one and this one. Like, yes. If not like make a, it, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. American World of London. You have so many of them. So our, our gentlemen who uh, are very, very spiffy looking gentlemen, Mr. James Manfred OBE, who looks like he, he looks doesn't... very posh. He does not belong in this area. No. He's way too well dressed. He's got the full bowler hat, like fancy, fancy. Uh, they like... call it they call it slumming it is what they call it. Yeah, he's super upper crust slumming it. Um, and he whispers to some woman, like, how much? You know, he's propositioning people that are not actually. I wasn't clear about either. her. I wasn't clear she if she not was look a, like a hooker. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She kind of did to me. Let's leave that nebulous. She is or she isn't. Either way, he's like, she's like, he's trying to pick her up and she's like, yeah, well, show me the show me the color of your money. She does, and he just takes the money and kicks him and runs. And I was like, well, fair play. Uh, and so then so you, we have a monster POV, always exciting in a horror movie. Yeah. And um, it's it's beautiful. too. I love all the cuts with everybody on the train, like all the people that you get, just like the couple kind of canoodling, like just a little person reading. Like it's just I don't know. It's beautiful setting the tone of, of what it's like on the on the tube at yes. night. Mm-hmm. So we meet our uh, our hero couple, Alex and Patricia, played by David Ladd and Sharon Gurney, who she was giving me so Kira Knightley vibes so fucking hard. Kira Knightley, she's giving me a little Jane Fonda. She's got mm. like a lot of like just classic beauty, you know, um, mesmerizing eyes, very yes. like, you know, um, earnest, but also just, I don't know. It's just like a bird, like light, gorgeous. I can't, I can't explain it even more. She's hot. She's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> David Lyon was giving me kind of Andrew Garfield, even though he doesn't look like Andrew Garfield. There's something about but him. But the energy. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So mm-hmm. he's American. She's British. Uh, they're getting off the tube. She has incredible yellow go-go boots that I want really badly. Uh, they're, they're like neon yellow. They're stunning. I honestly, I, the first thing I was like, I wrote boots on my little notes too. I was like, I want those boots. You would look the disco. You would look so good in those boots. Oh, Man. Yeah. Uh, so they find on the when they're way on the way up the stairs, they found find a body. They find James Manfred's body. Uh, he's played by James Cousins, and he's out. And Patricia's like, he's dead. And she, he's like, no, it's just a drunk. It's fine. And he's like, by the way, if we were in New York, you would just walk right past. Like, why here? Why do you care about this guy? She goes, I don't know. He's in London, and it's different. And you know, maybe we can help him. And so they look at his card to see his name. They find this like your access to all these like clubs with this card. So it's some sort of bar card. Um, but they also know that it's, that he's an OBE, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they compromise. He just wants to leave him. And so they compromise and like, we'll go get somebody and, and tell somebody. And tell them, it. tell at least tell somebody that somebody's down here so that maybe, you know, so that they at least know they don't lock him in here all night. He's like, he just needs to sleep it off. He'll be fine and blah, blah, blah. Like, he really doesn't want to be bothered with this situation at all. But they go up and find, you know, a, a guy who works for the tube. And then he ends up getting a constable involved. And so now it's a thing. 
And he's like, Alex is like, this is exactly what I didn't want to be a part of. Like you go report a crime or something happening. And then you end up having to do all this paperwork basically, or like end up like, you know, caught in something you don't want to be caught in. But uh, I see it from both sides. I see what he's saying, you know, especially if you're a foreigner in that country, you definitely don't want to get mixed up with the law. It does make him seem a little bit cold, but also you can see both like in that situation, which side are you, what would you do? Yeah. So they, they go down, the, the constable's like, it's fine, better safe than sorry, let's go check. Uh, but when they go back, he is gone. So they're, so Alex takes, it's like, he's fine, right? He got up and he walked away and Patricia's like, mm, I don't know. There was dubious. nowhere to go though, because the, the, the tube, had, they were, that was the last stop of the night. The gate had been drawn down and closed. So there would be nowhere for him to go is their problem. So they're like, well, he disappeared. That's not good because there's no way really out of here. Or is there? So then we meet our hero, anti-hero, Mr. Inspector Calhoun, played by our friend Donald Pleasance, who is chewing the scenery, having a ball, and just, he's amazing because he's such a, Donald Pleasance is so likable, like when he comes on screen, I'm always like, oh, I really like you. What an asshole in this movie, like he's just, from start to finish. You hate him from minute one, from minute one, he... They do that great thing, like the opposite of Save the Cat, basically, like he's just kind of shitty to everyone, even like his secretary when he's like, what is this tea? This isn't good tea. Did you make it out of what? It's made from a bag. You didn't actually make this tea properly. But, but like, then he with a fucking dart. So like, what is he talking about? Um, and so his uh, his detective, Sergeant Rogers, who is his, his cohort, is played by Norman Rossington, who I know from A Hard Day's Night, which I've seen more times than I can even tell you. So oh, like, yeah. Oh, oh, I know him. Uh, and they're a very fun, they have a very fun chemistry that back and forth. Uh, so he is very annoyed with the having to deal yeah. with this whole <laughs> situation. I'm sorry, what? No, go on. No, I was like, the, his name was in it like Piers Morgan, though, or something like that. And I was like, oh, is that where he gets his namesake from, from this like movie or whatever? Anyway, this uh, constable. So mm-hmm. we, we find out that you know, these two, these missing persons with uh, from Russell Square and they go through back through the files and there's been two other people who've been reported missing from that exact same tube station over yep, the last so, like six months. Yeah. People are disappearing in that station and it's after the things are closed and they're worried about it. But then some other uh, constables get involved and they are like, Hey, that man you're searching for, he's, he's been found. He's fine. And they're like, no, 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 he's not been found. Like, no, no, no. That's somebody who's actually off the grid. We find it. He's like a person, who's like CIA or something or other. And like, they're like, this is an MI5 issue, not your guys's jurisdiction. Uh, abandon this, uh, this mission for trying to find this guy. Like, no, it's ours. It's this, underneath- is, this is, this is my, this is my territory. This is my territory. I will do it. Uh, he, he reminded me a little bit cause um, I love the British TV series life on Mars. And there's like a really, angry mean like the head guy is really angry mean and so it's like i think that's a very like 70s kind of trope where like you're like you're the head you're the boss but you're also just a complete asshole and like but you're a likable asshole if if you will because you want to kind of like him um so they bring alex to the station and uh, alex and kyle Hoon's just such a such a dick to him it's <laughs> just not not being helpful at all uh and and of course sneers get your hair cut as him at him as well because his hair's too damn long yeah he's like dirty hippie like you could tell it's definitely a class thing and like that that era of like oh if you have long hair that signifies that you're like a dropout or you but do also too many he's drugs an, he's an american so like he's already like uh gosh american yep. so he you know he accuses him of basically like stealing and 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 accosting uh the obe which he of course says he didn't do so uh so we go back and patricia is has is so 
overwhelmed by Alex's coldness in this whole situation that she's going to leave him. She's like, you know, you know what? It's like you didn't want to help that guy and how you were and then how you're being right now. Like you're not being nice about any of this. She's like, yeah, she's done. And whose side are you are you on here? Do you, Which side do you think is the right side to be on? Is there one? I don't think there's a right side. I think it's just like they don't they have a very big difference of opinion about what needed to happen. And I get both because like you said, if you're a foreigner and you're in another country and you're mixed up with the law and now you're a prime suspect in a disappearance of somebody who seems very important, who had a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. Um, that's problematic. So I can see that being really difficult. But I also am like, dude, if your boyfriend's that big of an asshole to like people and doesn't care and like didn't want to help anybody, I would be sad about that, too. Yeah. Would I leave right then? I don't know. It depends. I don't know her life. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So we get a little exposition about this. Um, so we have Inspector Richardson who comes in and gives us a little bit of history of the tube uh, and tells us about uh, over right near the Russell Square station. There was another station over called Museum Station uh, that was they tunneled in 1892 uh, and the roof collapsed, killing eight men and four women. So they said it's like a rabbit warren down there. And so they don't know if these men or women survived or there was like a rumor that they had survived, uh, but they don't know. So they're just giving us a little, uh, what might've happened down in the underground there. So then yeah. we get, oof, then we get into the gory. We get into the gore here. You're we like, cut right down into the people. No, right now that we know what is down there, who, who might be down there, we see what they have become. Mm -hmm. They are people who have not seen any daylight clearly because they look a bad there's a couple down there that's left. Um, the woman looks pregnant. They also look like they have got all the diseases that you could ever not want. Mm -hmm. um, they look like they've missed all the immunizations for many, many centuries because they've got sores all over their bodies. Basically, they look like they have all the iron and like vitamin deficiencies in the world. Their skin's really weird and pallid and pussy and got all kinds of different sores and stuff. It's disgusting. But also probably, you know, they're... Uh, issues of incest as well so there's all sorts of like that as well the inbreeding they, oh yeah mm -hmm. and they don't know how to talk like he doesn't know how to talk like there's kind of words there but not really it's mostly just kind of animal grunting and whatnot so they get this incredible like crazy 360 shot of all of the gore in this room so we start on, on james manfred who's down there and just panning around to these like bodies in various states of decomposition obviously some have been eaten at some places we see a rat eating body there's maggots like all sorts of body parts on hooks like eh, really well done i was like all right this is pretty good this is pretty good i enjoy this lots of disgustingness. i don't like a butcher table so it looks like they've actually the butchering looks like it's done on the people mm -hmm. um because like it's like what are they going to butcher down there human carcasses so there's like candles and oil drums you see like the supplies that they have so i was like oh these are the tube dwellers and they're yeah. chuds they're chuds basically totally chuds. cannibalistic mm -hmm. humanoid underground dwellers so yep. chuds not in chud I international even... chuds international chuds <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's a, it, although you know we they do look monstrous there is this kind of sadness the the, the husband is the man they're billed as the man and the woman hugh armstrong shout out to you because wow and and his 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 wife is dying and so he he's very upset about it so he what he does is he goes over to James Manford who is we thought was dead when we first saw him cuz he's kind of like been eaten at some point but he's not dead he is alive so brings him over to his his lady and cuts his throat into her mouth to give so her so she can drink the blood sustenance and get some sustenance yeah and so he's trying to help her with the blood but to no avail it does not work she dies shortly thereafter 
in his arms and has he's a red heart-wrenching scene of just like that was like okay this kind of like as much as you want to be mad about these people it's also like oh my god this really humanized him in this moment and also hearing the story right before about how this tunnel had been these people had basically been abandoned in there and left for dead but they survived anyway and it's been since 1900 this like so it's been almost you know 70 years later whatever it was like these like families have, have survived down or however long and these families have survived down in there so um it is just he is he is killing it like so incredibly sad like he's really you feel everything and so you do have this sympathy for him mm-hmm. this kind of you know this poor people who have nothing so uh meanwhile we have uh inspector calhoun and our detective rogers go to manfred's house to see if they can find any clues and again you have this british class war where they're just making fun of his house because it's so posh and like how much does everything cost and like how gross it is that they have all this all this wealth uh, opulence yes so so uh calhoun's just strolling through drinking his booze just checking stuff out and they find his so they open uh, his his drawer in there and then find also a secret room that has a movie where he can film his bedroom exploits and then watch later. So he has this little pervy secret side. Everybody needs a pervy. I wish I had a pervy secret room, man. Like when, when I'm rich, you don't. I don't sadly, my apartment's too small for that, but maybe in my future. And yeah. then you're like, Oh, hi, Christopher Lee. You're just going to show up and be a fucking badass for a cool scene. That's this is our cameo or surprise cameo here is pretty fun. And it's like a standoff here, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to see Donald Pleasance and Christopher Lee have a standoff is pretty. And because it's such like a witty, very droll standoff. Uh, I would like to say Christopher Lee rocks that mustache. I was into it. Very into the whole outfit, actually, the whole get up and then just the like framing of him in the shot. Everything was just like, <gasps> all right. All right. I, I wanted them, I wanted there to be, I want there to be a movie that's a spinoff of their backstory because clearly they have a history, right? Where oh like yeah, something's they hate each wrong, other. But yeah. why, right? And like, <laughs> I want to know what happened. There's my, that's my request. I want that spinoff. Okay. Uh, so Let's we, write it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have uh, the, some workmen who are hanging out on the tube platform and one of them goes off to turn, check the fuses, but is uh, suddenly screamed. There's a light that goes out and our friend has taken a shovel to the head by the man who Split I don't know. If, right down the middle of his head. Yeah. Did, I don't know if the man knew there were three of them there or like he didn't seem prepared to fight two other people. I think it was a surprise. I, thought yeah, I think he, was, he just thought there was going to be one guy and he was just going to grab that worker and that's what he was going to grab. But he's also distraught and like really, really sad right now because he's the only he's left alone right now. So he's just trying to figure anything out. So he's like was out kind of on the hunt that night. Not that he needed it, but just he right. wanted to get out. I think he was either going to get out or try to do something else. Um, but yeah, he so, ends up in a fight so heart- with his workers. Because it's so heartbreaking, mm-hmm. right? He thought he was going to have wife and now baby and like live this happy fantasy down there. And now it's all destroyed. So he takes all that anger and vengeance out on these mothers because one of them gets stabbed through the stomach with a broom. Yep. And, and the other one he chokes. But the third guy, does the third guy get away? Um, they couldn't, they don't find him. So I'm not really clear on what happens to him. I thought um, he got killed too. But anyway, it's, it's a really bad, like it's a fast battle and cut to and all that stuff too. Um, but they end up calling, um, our Donald Pleasance to the morgue at night to go see these people. Um, it's like, well, these guys all got attacked and he's like, okay, this is when the gate again was down and it was just those workers in there. So now he's like, there's something down there that's making this happen. And now he's finally kind of coming to like, okay, um, 
you know, maybe that maybe I need do need to investigate further about that. Uh, and um, we, we meet Hugh Dixon as Dr. Bacon, who, who is there doing tests on the blood. It says there's four different kinds of blood in his test, not three. One uh, of them has is different blood with no platelets in it. Like, eh, that doesn't sound good. I can see how uh-uh. you, you would look like the way you look if you have absolutely no platelet in your bug. Yeah, he's blood. like, I got to run a few more tests and see what else is going on because I feel like there's some other stuff wrong with this blood and I'm just not sure about it. So, um, and Alex and Patricia are, are back together now too and which and they're trying to work stuff out. Um, and Alex, we find out, works in a bookstore. And so he, Patricia is, you know, is, a, oh, yeah. That bookstore, by the way, can I just tell you, there's that shot of when they go in of the entire shelf of Penguin, Orange Penguins books. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. I would, a dream. That, that was another place I would time travel to. I'd be like, I'm going to go and I'm just going to stand in front of that wall. I'm going to read every single one of those books, one right after the other. Oh, I would love to see you do that. So Let's I'm going to go straight, straight, straight from the 70s porno peep show to the Penguin to bookstore. Because this is the dichotomy of truth. I would say you just describe your life. That's basically, <laughs> I, if I could describe you in a nutshell, it would be, that would be it. Um, this is very much your shit. Um, and so... Um, yeah, so she asked Alex to bring her some books back because she's a scholar and stuff too. They're a really smart little couple. Um, and so um, she needs a book about poltergeist is what she's asking for. I was like, ooh, okay. So she's into like ghosts and supernatural. So, all right. Um, but at the bookshop, Alex goes to work and he gets pulled in again by the inspector. He's got more questions now that the other murder has happened. He's like, actually, I need to talk to you some more. But they, again, it's just a runaround. Like they just like they make him wait and there's like a whole thing. Like it's just not even worth anything. Uh, we do have, uh, but she, so they go on the tube, uh, but then they're going to go home all happy couple It's going to be fine. But right as they're getting off the tube, she realizes she forgot her books on the train. So he runs back to get them. The doors close and now he's gone. So now she's by herself in the Russell Square station, exactly where she doesn't want to be. Yep. And he, they'd even said to like, oh, we'll ride to the next station. Like he's like, I'll ride with you. We can get up in another station. It'll be fine. Um, and nope. And she gets, fine. she gets abducted immediately. She's just like, he's there right there. And so we get this crazy cut. You go from her being abducted by the man to Donald Pleasance and Norman Rossington having this extended drunk scene in this pub where they're just being so fucking weird. Like Donald Pleasant shoves this giant sausage into Norman Rossington's mouth. And I don't think Norman Rossington was expecting that. He looked quite shocked when that happened. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I think Donald Pleasant was just that did improv? That. Yeah. I feel like uh-huh. a lot of this scene was improv because they were just kind of going around. Like I was like, I don't think this seems necessary really. Like what is happening in this scene? Not much, but I think it was just like the thing of just like showing, I don't know, sometimes when you think you have the police involved and they're just dicking around. I feel like that was just one of those moments, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, okay, literally when shit really is necessary and you're needed and you did all this like falderall and pretending like you're actually trying to work on this case, but you really haven't been, you know, like you're really not right now. Um, And they're just getting drunker and drunker to the point where like the bar is closing and the barman is like, can you guys please leave? And they're like, we are police. We are the constables. We can be here as late as we want. We'll make sure by order of the queen, her majesty. And they're like trying to like do a decree, like stay in the bar. Well, well, Norm Russell's Uh, just playing pinball. Like it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's great. Uh, So, so Pat, Patricia wakes up and in the meat den, which is, you know, like laying her, he's he's put her head like on somebody's disembodied chest. So she's just freaking out in there. She wakes up on some entrails basically. And I was just like, she like, you know, as you're, you're coming to waking up and she's next to entrails. 
terrifying. Lots of good freaking out and scrambling around the room where she realizes what she is. Can I ask a question? Uh, where do they get all the hay that's down there? Like the whole floor, everything covered in hay. I was like, I don't know where you would get hay. Yeah, you wouldn't have hay, I don't think, down there. I think they just did that, obviously, for set dressing to make it easier. And um, so the actors wouldn't be on cold floors the whole time. Like, I, but right. I was like, okay, so this is what Julia's brain done. I was like, wait, but I would the think hay? they would be like, because it would just be like, in my brain, I'm like, it would just be like feces. I feel like they're like, where do they shit? Like, where's all that? Like, I don't know. So I guess in lieu of feces, we used hay. Okay, you know, as you do. So she she's freaking out, not only because where she is, but all those rats crawling all over her. So the man comes in and is like, oh, I can fix this, and just starts stomping on rats and then stomping and chomping. Stomping and chomping. <laughs> stomping and chomping. Dun, 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 dun. Rats, rats. Stomping and chomping. He does, and it's wild. He, like, comes and just uh, smashes them and just steps on them and then just takes one like he's, like, eating a snack. Like a snap, yeah. but like snapping into a slim jim, he snaps into a little rat. And just like, <laughs> so couldn't um, he just? I yeah. mean, literally, couldn't he really just survive on rats? There seemed to be plenty down there. I think they did. I think they do a lot of the time, but they know that that can't, like, that's not can't be your only meat source. So it looks like he looks like they have been eating rats for a while, because based mm-hmm. on what the um, the doctor ends up talking about, he's like, they've got it's, they've plague. got the same plague. He's got stuff, the same stuff that basically rats bring in. He's got all of those diseases. So. so we have, you know, the scene again, we have this this character who we have the sympathy for now. Right. We've seen him and how sad he is about his wife and his family and who, who he keeps down in this crypt. Basically, it's just like every you just put people there and then they just turn into mummies and you just leave them there. And there's your family. Like he doesn't there's nowhere to bury any of them. Mm-mm. So he just he's living with their, his family. They're just all dead. So we have this scene where he's trying to, I think, calm her down. But because he can't speak and because he looks so monstrous, it's just freaking her out more and more. So then he starts well, to also like, he's got like stuff oozing out of his mouth and he's got oozing sores onto her face. That might be a little off putting as well. If you're trying to calm somebody down. Yes. So what he thinks is calming is, is, is not very calming, but so he starts to say the only words he knows, which are mind the doors, mind the doors, mind the doors. please mind the doors, which of course is something he would have heard throughout his entire life. Uh, constantly if you're down in the in the tube if anyone has read in the subway the tube in london you hear mind the doors at every entrance and exit basically so it's like the uh, little thing you hear that's what they do right before you close the doors on the on the train so So, it's like watch your step watch the doors yeah when i so i you know terry and i met when we were in england and i when i when i was there one of my very first times in london i was on the tube and the conductor because when the conductor says it that's always so bored right because they say this all day every day there's no like inflection to just mind the doors like that's all there is so the guy says it mind the doors and then there's like the doors like open and close and then he yells when i said mind the doors you dowsy twat i meant just that and i was like yeah someone tried to test those doors and try to like pop on in so you just have to be really careful because they do go very quickly and so that's how you can see how easily someone could get left you know and miss their 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 entrance onto the onto the tube because the doors just- uh, Opened her, so quickly. Called her Dazzy Twat right there. And I was like, damn. That's hilarious. She must have done something <laughs> terrible. I do remember that. That's hilarious. So uh, um, Patricia is able to, to clock the, the man and get away. And they have a big chase scene down in this rabbit warren we know is down there. Alex, meanwhile, is on the trail. And is just like, I'm going to go down in these subways and I'm going to find her. And I'll fucking walk around there forever. Well, because he went to go ask the, 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 the constable and the, the inspector guys. And they were like clearly hung over and just was not helpful and just was like 
he was, he was there. I was like, I know she's down there. Like they, she's been taken by whatever took that other dude. Like we need to go down there and get her. And they're like, no, 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 no. The dicking around, not going down there. Alex okay. is on a mission. And what do we, what do we learn? A horror movie survival guide tip. Always do it yourself because no yeah. one else is going to help you. It was and like Alex, Joey last week in Toolbox. You know what I mean? Exactly. He, like, he was like, no one's going to help me find my sister. I'm going to go. So this is like, Alex, no one's going to help me get, get my lady Pat back. Going out there. And he finds it. He finds the the home. Like he's able to get down there and sees what's going on. Uh, but she's not there. They're not there. So that he's just kind of going after him. Uh, so they have, uh, when the man actually finds her and uh, grabs her. And then it starts to get a little rapey. And you're like, oh, no. And he's like, clearly he's like, oh, I found my next wife. And you're like, no, 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 please. Uh, That's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, he pulled her and grabbed her because she's beautiful. And he thought that was going to be his his new partner in crime down there. Not so much. Uh, but Alex finds her in the nick of time and uh, they have a big fight and end up uh, bludgeoning the man pretty bad with a flashlight or torch, if you're British, uh, yes. and, and stomp on his head pretty bad and we have like his ear like squirting blood out of his ear because well, he's got sores on the ear so the sores are squirting blood out of it Oof. Uh-huh. sorry <laughs> uh but they you know but he they let him go like he's not dead and they just kind of let him go do what he's going to do uh and that's when the cops show up finally like, just in the nick of time cops thanks thanks and they are just in awe of what they find down there because, again, tying back to the story that they finally heard earlier about, like, how these people got left down there and they go and see the crypt and they see all this. And each one of the people in the, and the, all the people in the family, they all have, like, a little piece of jewelry or something on them. That's, like, how they bury them, basically. It's like they put, like, some memento or something that looks of value on them and leave it with them. And so they had taken, like, Manfred's watch had been left on the on the woman who passed away at the beginning. Um so that we uh, we find when when they come down there, the man is still alive, uh, but he is clutching onto his dead wife and dies on top of her. And uh, Inspector Calhoun says, "What a way to die! What a way to live!" Yeah. Uh, so this movie reminded me a whole lot. I don't know if you've seen uh, Midnight Meat Train. That is based on a Clyde Barker story. It stars Bradley Cooper. It was a very like, I was like, oh, I see a lot of similarities in that movie to this movie. I thought this movie was cool. I really uh, liked the, you have, I love, you know, you have the, the wacky British cops kind of like face off fun, but then you also have this, you know, also these monsters who were having this. And of course, anybody who's been in the tube or any subway really at night by yourself, it's creepy. And you're like, there could definitely be something down here. There's totally creepy. And there are, I mean, there are people who live in certain metros and stuff like that too, yeah. but to imagine generations of a family being stuck in a metro though, after everything's been, you know, had fallen in on them like that. But the fact that they have access in and out, but chose to still stay down there, that is, I was like, why, how did they end up still staying down there? How did they yeah. not leave once they could leave? Yeah. Cause you, you know? can't, they can get out. Right. And they yeah. choose to not get out. So, so that was what I wondered. I was like, how, why are you still still down there if it's possible for you now that you've found a way out? So, well, anyway. I guess, you know, like we said, mm-hmm. there's people who live down there, right? So there's people who, uh, there's a really great Luc Besson movie called Subway as well. That's about people living in subways. And like, mm-hmm. if that's just what you like, if you just, you know, are, are more comfortable down there, that's, I guess, the thing. So this is a movie that uh, you can stream on the Arrow streaming service. They're doing a lot of really cool horror stuff. And this was uh, one of their suggestions to us. Thank you for the suggestion. Neither one of us had seen it. And it was a fun ride. So when we talk about gore factor for this movie, one is not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. 
two is a puddle of blood, three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer, four, a bathtub of blood, and five is run for the barf bag. We get this movie a five, run for the barf bag. If you want to see some rat stomping and chomping, if you want to see some oozing of pustules and boils, this movie's for you. Totally for you. And also just like people hanging maybe on like meat hooks and like a butcher table next nearby. Mm-hmm. We got you. This movie's yeah. got you covered. Gore um, aplenty. Uh, definitely for, for the gore hounds here. Um, movie ratings, Chainsaw is one if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film, three seen worse, seen better, four not too shabby, five fantastical. This for me is a 4.5. I feel like if I just didn't have to look at that guy's pussy head, I'd probably give it a five, but I, it just was just enough to make me go <laughs> every time he came on screen. Yeah, really, really, really unpleasant to look at, but that's the whole point of him, right? Is like, yeah. you know, he, he might be a, a, a misguided kind soul in, inside of this body. And Trapped like inside. Living the best that he can. Uh, I gave this movie a four. I thought, you know, you have a Donald Pleasance, Christopher Lee uh, standoff and that's worth it alone right like just watch it for worth that, the price it, of admission right there yeah it's a short scene but it's one of those scenes you're like well this just made the whole film like here it is and i i wish there was more to that scene i wish there was more of the like but I, again I, a whole spinoff is what i need yeah would love a, would love a whole whole backstory would love that like origin story of like their feud and like mm-hmm. see like a few more like feuding moments and like yes. how they how they got thwarted and you yes know, one of them besting up each other and then leaving it oh i love it Yes. Uh, so next week we're doing another movie that uh, Arrow recommended to us that we're very excited to cover because this movie is from 1969. It's a Japanese film called Blind Beast. Just the poster makes me nervous. I'm like, okay, something's going to be up in this movie. I don't know what it is, oh, no. but I'm excited to see it. 1969, a wild time. You know, yes. that's like, I feel like anytime you get anything from that era, uh, there's a lot of things happening in the world. And ooh, I can't wait. I feel like uh, 1969 international horror is where it gets crazy, right? Because we we were, uh, America's always quite prudish about stuff and like very censors and like other countries in this time period, they're like, anything goes. And you're like, well, bring it on. Let's see Let what we got. Let the sun shine in. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, cool. We'll see you guys next week for more gory-tastic goodness and uh, catch us on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Uh, Teespring if you want to get some merch on make sure you're checking out Arrow video stuff Um, we can't wait to talk with you more about Blind Beasts have a great week yes have a fantastic one